feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. a day of sheer terror and frightening moments for people on a crowded subway in New York City tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. We're going to have the very latest and breaking details associated with everything tied to the subway attack. And shortly, we're going to have Guardian Angels founder and also WABC radio host Curtis Lewa to give us his take on exactly what he is hearing from the ground. Of course, nobody knows subways better than Curtis, and he will be here to give us his take. He was in the area at the time, and now we are hearing that the subway cameras weren't working, and people have already been scared about crime in New York and across the country. In New York, by the way, transit crime up 68%. That is a stunning amount. And I want to get your take tonight on what you think needs to be done to clamp down on crime. Because we can no longer be terrorized in New York and other major cities around the country. Everybody, tonight you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. And we will have the very latest as someone is still at large. They have a person of interest. His name is James Frank F. Frank R. James, 62 years old, and they are looking for him right now. They say that he rented a U-Haul van with Arizona plates tied to the case. And they are looking to see if indeed he is the shooter or if he is somehow tied to the shooter because it appears the shooter used that van that was found not far away from the subway scene. And boy, it was a scene of panic this morning during rush hour on a crowded train in New York City. And just a little bit ago, there was a news conference with an update from one of the NYPD chiefs to fill us in. Today at 8.24 a.m., aboard a Manhattan-bound end train, 10 people were shot, seven males, three females, and they were removed to area hospitals. An additional 13 people suffered injuries related to smoke inhalation, falling down, or a panic attack. The information I'm about to give you is preliminary, and it's subject to change right now. As that end train was between stations 59th Street and the 36th Street stations, seated in the second car in the rear corner was a dark-skinned male. Various descriptions of his height are given. He is heavy set, wearing an orange green nylon type construction vest. He also had on a gray hoodie, a surgical mask, and a neon green construction helmet. As the train approached the 36th Street station, witnesses state the male opened up two smoke grenades, tossed them on the subway floor, brandishes a Glock 9mm handgun. He then fired that weapon at least 33 times, striking 10 people. 
The male then fled the scene, and detectives are actively trying to determine his whereabouts. And you just heard right now 33 shots. That is a stunning amount. And shell casings found all over the subway, in the car, and on the platform. Here's a little bit more of what was recovered from the scene. Recovered at that scene was a Glock 17 9mm handgun. Oh, that's terrible. Three extended Glock-type magazines. One was still in the weapon, one under a seat, and one in a backpack. We had 33 discharged shell casings, 15 bullets, five bullet fragments, two detonated smoke grenades, two non-detonated smoke grenades, a hatchet, a black garbage can, a black milk-type style rolling cart, the gasoline, and a U-Haul key. And that U-Haul key proved to be pivotal because they found that U-Haul just a few miles from the station. It's the 36th Street Station in Brooklyn. And then they figured out, okay, they tracked it down, found the U-Haul. They put the APB out, found that U-Haul, and they found out who rented the U-Haul. And it is this individual again, Frank R. James. Take a listen. U-Haul key at the scene led us to the recovery of a U-Haul van a short while ago in Brooklyn. The male, who we believe is the renter of this U-Haul in Philadelphia, is a Frank R. James, male 62 years old, with addresses in Wisconsin and Philadelphia. We are endeavoring to locate him to determine his connection to the subway shooting, if any. And joining us now here on the Rita Cosby Show for the very latest details, someone who was in the area at the time and certainly knows the New York subways very well, the founder of the Guardian Angels and also WABC radio host, Curtis Sliwa. Uh, Curtis, great to have you here on the show. Um, I know I was talking with you earlier today. What's the latest that you have? Well, I must tell you, Rita, there's quite a few disappointments that are going around in the MTA, the state agency that runs the subway system, when they went to retrieve video of the escapee, the man who had shot as you talked 33 times and hit 10 victims. There was no video in the station. There were no video two stations away. So you say to yourself, wait a second, we're supposed to be cracking down on crime and the taxpayers' money that's been spent millions of dollars to make sure that we can video any criminal activity was malfunctioning and probably was malfunctioning for quite some time. The other thing that became very noticeable is people in the neighborhood who had left the uh, subway because the subways were closed. This is a very busy station, 36, and three separate lines merged there. We're saying, that's it. I've had it. I'm not taking the subway anymore. And you know what that means, Rita? They're either going to figure out another way to get to work or get around, or they're going to join the exodus, the ever-growing exodus out of New York City, people who are moving to Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Tennessee. It's like crawling into the belly of the beast. It's become a combination of Dante's Inferno 
and one flew over the cuckoo's nest with Jack Nicholson on any given day. Remember, this is 8.30 in the morning. It's not 2.30 in the morning when a lot of people would say, oh, well, only troublemakers are on the train at 2.30 in the morning. No, this is rush hour, and people are going to remember this for a long, long time, and trying to get them back into the subway is going to be extraordinarily difficult. What do you make of this guy? Um, and I, by the way, Curtis, I totally agree with you. People were so turned off about the subways even before this. Uh, subway crime, as I just said, and you know this all too well, a 68% increase year to date in transit crime. I, I mean, it's crazy. People are afraid. Uh, there are, you know, homeless people. There are criminals. Um, we've gotten a lot of false promises from politicians. And, and it's just been ridiculous. Um, Any word of what we know about this guy? Um, Have you heard any more details? This is the 62-year-old who is now wanted man, probably the most wanted man in America tonight. Um, Frank R. James, who is a person of interest, who is tied to this vehicle. This is this uh, U-Haul that he rented apparently out of Philly. He's a guy who has Philly ties. He's got Wisconsin ties. He's got a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, are you getting a sense that they're closing in on him because they quickly at least pieced it together that somehow he's tied to this? And then he had all these rantings online, um, apparently on social media, as we heard from about Eric Adams, the mayor. He had rantings about homelessness, rantings about the subway. Um, what are you hearing, Curtis? Yeah, know that he is uh, emotionally disturbed uh, when he was on the second subway car of that end train heading towards the city when he decided to release two canisters of, uh, of smoke uh, into the crowded uh, train. Remember, the end train, you cannot go through the cars. So once that uh, smoke was filling up that car, everybody in there in rush hour was tra- trapped. And so then what he did was, after releasing the canisters of smoke, he puts on a gas mask. He first takes out the hatchet. He drops the hatchet, and then he pulls out the Glock and fires 33 shots. But according to eyewitnesses, Rita, some folks that I spoke to who were behind uh, at the scene, they were saying the guy was mumbling and stumbling and raving to himself before he actually launched this vicious attack. I would bet you another case of an emotionally disturbed person. And look, look, this is happening all over the city. And we've got to get a grip on it. And the mayor was talking about putting in metal detectors into the subways. That is not going to work, metal detectors in the subways. You have to put more cops in the subways. Let them do stop and frisk when people look suspicious. And remember, Rita, uh, not this mayor, but the previous mayor, de Blasio, and city council took a billion dollars out of the police budget. They never put it back. So we're missing a billion dollars that can go towards our public safety in the subways, the streets, the parks and the schools, which are completely out of control. Crime is up in every category. And it's because we don't have enough police. You know, the other thing, and Curtis, I know I'm preaching to the choir with you, but it is outrageous, Curtis, that right after this happened, it's like some of the politicians of New York just went into their whole like big political spiel. And I want to hear them saying, we will make sure that criminal offenders are locked up. Because now we're hearing that this person had social media posts. There's also reports, too, 
um, that he may have also been triggered by the FBI for making suspicious threats. Um, so it sounds like he may have been on their radar from a number of different reports that are out there, Curtis. So, like, you put it all together, it's like, okay, so what about locking up criminal offenders? It's like they kind of went right to their mantra of, oh, it's guns, we're going to go into gun control. I want to hear them say, we are going to lock up people who do something like this to a crowded subway and throw away the key. Well, worse yet, Rita, think of this. This is one of our own, an American. He doesn't appear to be an international terrorist. But if you're watching from the remnants of al-Qaeda or ISIS or our enemies overseas who want a third, a third opportunity to attack New York, why what this guy was able to do, you see the vulnerabilities. We're setting ourselves up for another international terrorist attack because we don't have enough police. Shame on us. I thought we'd never go through this again, Rita. They took a billion dollars out of the police budget. They haven't put it back. And that means less cops, less safety. And why wouldn't criminals come to New York City to conduct crime? We had a guy come up from South Carolina to rob banks because he said in New York, you don't get incarcerated for robbing banks. So emotionally disturbed persons are going to come to New York City because they have all kinds of psychotic disorders that they're dealing with. But we've become, as Eric Adams said a few weeks ago, a laughing stock. Now, the mayor's got to do something about this. Yeah, and he really has to lock the city down. You are right. And he's talked about, you know, oh, God, we got to be tough. But then in the next breath, all he talks about is gun control. Um, it's like the message from President Biden on down. And, of course, we don't want people with illegal guns. We don't want anybody shooting anybody. My goodness. Um, but there needs to be a broader approach to just as you're saying, Curtis Lewa, they got to protect our police. They got to also make sure that those who are found to be a danger to society are locked up. I mean, how many times I want to hear those other parts and I want to hear our mayor. I want to hear him saying, you know what? Alvin Bragg X. Uh, you know what, D.A. Uh, blank, because this is Eric Gonzalez's district um, in Brooklyn. I want to hear him saying any soft on crime D.A.s right now. This is a message to you. It has to be. It can't just be platitudes, Curtis. And you know that all too well. So there's no doubt. And more importantly, it has to be a combined effort. What Eric Adams can do is the most sensible thing to do. Sit down with a man who knows how to save New York City. That's Rudy Giuliani. He took a city with 2,000 murders a year, 5,000 unsolved shootings, and in eight years turned it into the largest safe city in America. Now, Eric Adams has met with Andrew Cuomo twice, has met with Chris Christie once. That's fine. But why won't he meet with Rudy Giuliani, the only person who's ever done this? I've had many discussions when I was running for mayor and Rudy was tutoring me. He was telling me that if you if you become mayor, this is what you have to do with the police department. The man is the Encyclopedia Britannica when it comes to getting a city under control. I think he's got to put aside whatever differences that he has with former Mayor Giuliani. Sit down and let Rudy tell him this is what you should do to take our city back. Because right now, the criminals rule the streets. The subways, the emotionally disturbed are everywhere, and Eric Adams is spinning his wheels. He doesn't have one simple focus. He's trying, he's throwing darts up against the wall and hoping they stick. That's not how you fight crime.
No, that is a very good analogy. Curtis Lewa, thank you very much, who knows the subway so well. Um, and if you get anything else, Curtis, come back to and let us know, please. Uh, great to have no, you I'm here on the back show. In the belly of the beast, the subway. All right. Well, let us know if you get anything from the belly of the beast. All right. <laughs> Thanks so you much, Curtis. It. Thank you, Rita. Thank you, Curtis, the founder of the Guardian Angels, of course, uh, which has done a great job in New York City and really around the country, uh, keeping people safe. And also WABC radio host who was right there in the area at the time. And by the way, Curtis brought up, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani. We are going to have the former New York City mayor, Rudy Giuliani, the great crime fighter, coming up on the show here tonight. He's going to be joining us um, in about 40 minutes or so from now here on the show. And he's going to give us his thoughts of what he would say to not just Eric Adams, but other big city mayors across the country. And also his thoughts on how to piece this together and what he thinks is driving this person. Right now, it is a person of interest that they're looking for, somebody tied to renting the van. He was apparently making threats about the subway, making threats about homeless, making threats that sort of intimated Eric Adams' leadership in the city. Um, so it could indeed be this individual, but he is at this point just a person of interest. But at least they have a really good lead uh, because he was tied to renting the U-Haul van that was found near the scene that they say indeed was tied to the case. We're going to have a lot more big developments. Everybody here on the Rita Cosby Show, it's a story everybody in the country is talking about tonight. A shooting on the New York City subway crowded at rush hour Ten people were shot. Uh, A number of people are in critical condition tonight. Uh, They include young people, some young people that are actually off to school. And we're going to have more details on this case and a lot more coming up after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, as we are getting more and more details about the subway shooting this morning in New York City, a crowded subway train that was full of commuters and also school students also as well at the time. And here we know that an individual put on a gas mask and then two smoke canisters went off and then he opened Fire, we just learned a little bit ago, 33 shots were fired. Uh, Ten people hurt, thank goodness. Uh, At this point, it doesn't look like their injuries are life-threatening, but five people are in critical condition tonight. Um, And this is NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell talking about the manhunt that is going on right now. We do have a person of interest in this investigation but we need the public assistance with additional information. We're asking anyone with information to call Crime Stoppers at 800-577-TIPS. And again, that is 877-TIPS. As you just heard, it's Crime Stoppers, 800-577-TIPS. 800-577-TIPS is the number. And they are looking right now, the person of interest, 62-year-old Frank R. James, who has addresses in Philadelphia and Wisconsin. And apparently the key that was found in the shooter's bag was a key that went to that rental van that was found not 
far away from the subway station. A few miles away, they put an APB out. They were able to connect that he had rented that van. So they want to talk to this guy tonight to find out if indeed he is the shooter or has information on it. And lots of details coming. We're going to keep you posted throughout the show because this is a huge story tonight. And, of course, in the biggest city in the country where crime is skyrocketing like so many other cities across America. Um, when we come back, we're going to take your calls, everybody. What are your thoughts about crime? We just talked about the voluminous numbers. And Curtis Lewa and I were just here talking about the fact That $1 billion was cut from the NYPD budget. That's happening to so many cities across America. It was not restored. Boy, could we use as many as possible police officers today and every day in big cities. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, how important it is to appreciate our men and women in uniform. And boy, on a day like today where there has been a massive, massive shooting that took place on the subway system again just before 830 this morning in New York City. A train headed toward Manhattan in Brooklyn, New York. Somebody fired 33 rounds from a handgun and injured 10 people by shooting them. A number of others were hurt because they were panicked, uh, stepped on, uh, grazed. A number of other things happened to the other injuries. But tonight, there is an all-out manhunt for this individual. There's a person of interest, again, who they believe had rented a vehicle that was tied to the crime. They're trying to locate that individual who apparently had social media rantings, many, many angles tied to this massive shooting that took place on a crowded subway. And of course, today we are saying thank you to our great law enforcement who are piecing this together and who right away were at least able to locate the van that was tied to the shooting and also will hopefully soon locate this individual. But every time you walk by a law enforcement officer, and I do it every day whenever I see one, I say thank you. Thank you for all you do to keep us safe. We were just talking about the massive defunding that has happened in major cities like New York City, where a billion dollars was cut under the previous mayor that has not been reinstituted. That means you can't have as many officers. You can't have as much, you know, law enforcement machinery. You know, you can't have a lot of these things that we need to keep us safe as crime is skyrocketing in New York City and across the country. So our law enforcement men and women are doing incredible work with less resources, less comrades helping them. And all I have to say tonight is thank you to our men and women in blue 
the, to the greatest police force in the world, the NYPD, but also to all the other great law enforcement departments across the country. They are the best of all of us, and we must always back the blue. We are taking your calls tonight because, of course, we're talking about the big story everybody is talking about around the globe as we are looking right now for a person of interest. There is an all-out manhunt around the country for an individual who was tied to the subway attack. Uh, the name that they have put out, and they also put out pictures, uh, he's an African-American man. Uh, they say he is 62 years old, Frank R. James, uh, last seen wearing a construction vest and a gray hoodie, or the individual tied to the shooting rather was. Uh, they believe it may be one and the same. They're trying to figure that out. Uh, but Frank R. James is at least a person of interest who they believe is tied to this case somehow, whether he is the shooter, whether he knows the shooter, whether maybe he just had the vehicle somehow taken from him. There's a lot of different scenarios that could happen. But, boy, what a very, very strong lead. And just in the last little bit, the NYPD chief put out the fact that there is a reward tied to this case and asking anybody with information to come out. There is a $50,000 reward out right now. 25000 from the New York City Police Foundation, 12500 from the MTA, and 12500 from the TWA Local 100. And again, the total $50,000, the tip line that they're asking around the country, because this guy right now who is on the loose, who again is just a person of interest at this point, has ties to Pennsylvania, has ties to Wisconsin. There are other reports that he may even have ties to New Mexico and elsewhere. And again, law enforcement asking for information tied to this case. Also, they found at the scene um, a handgun. They also found uh, three Glock-type magazines. They found 33 shell casings. That's how they know that 33 rounds were fired. Also, two detonated grenades, um, basically those smoke you know, devices. Also, two others that did not go off. They found garbage cans, and they also found gasoline, and they found a hatchet. So what did this guy have in store and reports that the gun jammed? Thank goodness, but he had other magazines in his items. And it appears maybe that's the reason that he took off and went running. And again, we are on an all-out manhunt tonight looking for details towards this case and hopefully getting this guy, whether he may be the shooter or maybe has information about the shooting. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry on line six. Go ahead, Larry. Your thoughts about all this. Yeah, you know, Rita, before, I don't know if you take the train, but I, but one of my biggest fears before this ever happened was, you see, they have a lot of trains where they don't open the car doors. They, they seal you yep. into the car. And if God forbid somebody should set themselves on fire or set a fire, we, you know what you do? You rely on the conductor to open the car for you so you could save your life. Now, in this case, the shooter fortunately kept the door open. If those doors had shut, who knows? The people might have suffocated. Could you believe in this city 
okay, that that they do things so stupidly that they – high crime where anything can happen, and today proved it, they locked people in the subway cars. Okay, and, and if they're going to say because, oh, well, people fall in between the cars. Right, that's what, what, I, that's what I was going to say. That's what why they do that. What kind of excuse is that? Wait a minute. Those people, if, if, if you, you want to kill yourself and do something stupid, why should my life be at risk every day to, su- to suffocate from – from fumes or smoke because some idiot wants to hurt himself. Now, some trains have open cars where you can walk straight and some don't. So that really uh, uh, crushes the, the uh, overwhelming reason, for, you know, because people go between the cars. Some trains are open, like the IRT is open all the time. Now, Larry, hang on one sec, Larry, because I, I hear you, because I agree with you. It is a frightening. I've had that happen, and I have taken the subway a number of times, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you're from Brooklyn, so I want to get your thoughts about what happened, because this was a very crowded time this morning. And I just want to get your take on also crime on the subway, because it is rampant. Transit crime in New York City is up 68 percent. Across the country, violent crime is up Depends on the city. Los Angeles, it's up. Chicago, it's up. New York City, it's up. Philly, it's up. Uh, in many of the major cities across this country, this is absolute. This is an epidemic. And our, you know, our, I say our politicians, they got to get it together. I am outraged that our leaders have put us in a position where we don't have enough police officers and they keep talking policy. They have to get tough on criminals. Larry, what are your thoughts on how we can finally get a handle on crime in many major cities across the country, but also your beloved Brooklyn? By the way, I was born in Brooklyn. I, I love Brooklyn, so it breaks my heart. Yeah, well, let me tell you, it's, it's very, very simple. They used to do things, okay, uh, with, with, with some degree of wisdom here. They used to have a transit police force. Wow, what, a, what an incredible concept. And then they decided, you know what, we're going to get rid of transit, housing, we're going to all merge them, and then we're going to cut officers. They cut 1,000 officers last year, I believe, from the budget, okay? Those 1,000 officers need to be seen on every subway platform and in in every – Every every uh, train basically has to have at least one officer. Now they don't do that because they want to. I'm telling you why they don't do that. They want to keep a current of fear going on in New York. Somebody wants to d- destroy this city and just put the damn officer on the train. They can't do that simple thing. Yeah, That's I what agree. They have to do. Guess what? The problem is, Larry and Larry. Thank you for the call because I appreciate it. I hear your passion because you know what? We don't have enough officers. They cut the police. They defunded the police. And they haven't brought enough back. I I mean, it's outrageous, Larry. And right now, police also feel in New York City, and this is happening around the country, where they feel that, oh, okay, if they cross the line or if they even try to do something that's, you know, in terms of, you know, get somebody, but, you know, they can get called into internal review. They're worried about all the qualified immunity. I mean, they are such, uh, you know, in the back seat. When it's law fighting, and and that breaks my heart because they are so frustrated. They feel that, you know, the politicians in this city do not have their back. And that's prevalent in many major cities across this country. But they feel like in New York, they can't go do X. They might be hauled in for investigation. Uh, They arrest people, the ones that are aggressive and arrest people. They try to do their job. They see them back out on the streets soon afterwards. You know, so there's got to be on both sides of the spectrum. It can't just be a one-sided thing. It is out. 
outrageous. Let's go to Betsy on line three. Betsy, your thoughts about all this, this terrible shooting today and a suspect who, as we speak right now, is still at large. Hi, Rita. Um, This does not make sense. Why would he need a van for a rolling cart worth of stuff? There's something else that he either did with the van before or planned to do it after. I know the bomb squad went and checked that out. Um, And why would he leave the key that leads into the van? There's something, another level going on here. People like the the guy right before me was saying somebody wants to keep the city hollowed out and, and vulnerable, like Curtis was saying, and there's something else going on. Okay, two th- yeah, well, two things. I think what happened with the key, I think his gun jammed from what we're hearing. And at that point, maybe he panicked. Um, thank goodness. And thank goodness it looks like the, ju- the gun jammed, according to reports. And then he got off quickly at that point, leaving his bag behind. I don't know if it was necessarily intentional. He may have been in a rush to get out of there at that point because he realized he didn't have the gun anymore. And people were... At that point, in realizing what was going on, because remember, first he put the smoke out and then he opened fire. So he may have accidentally left those items behind. In terms of um, the U-Haul, two things, I think. One is oftentimes criminals do rent these sort of rented vehicles, whether it's, you know, a U-Haul van or whether it's a car, thinking, okay, well, you know, somehow they won't be able to trace it. It's not my vehicle or they don't own a vehicle. We don't know about this guy. Maybe he didn't even own a vehicle and he had to use it to transport whatever he had. You hit a great point on the head, Betsy. And one of the things I just brought up, and I have wondered about this, they had said in the uh, police briefing just a little bit ago that there was gasoline. They said something about garbage cans and gasoline. And it made me wonder what else was he planning what else did he have something else in store potentially? Um, was he carrying it for transport or was he carrying it for some other ill intention? We don't know. But it sounded to me like there were a number of other things that were found in there that could either signify he was taking and trying to flee and maybe he was planning to use the van to flee and stay out in that van for a while. Or maybe he had some other much more serious uh, even more serious intention. Um, you hit it right on the head because I'm wondering about that. Bets, what are your thoughts too? Because that that when you hear a gar a gas can, is it the gas can for ill intentions? I, you know, I I hate to think they're you know people are a, a guy is so crazy to do what he did. Maybe he was crazy enough to plan something else too. Right, but all that could have fit in a sedan. Why a van? You know what I'm saying? This just isn't adding up. Unless he was planning on traveling. Um, and yeah. doing something with that van, or you know, maybe maybe he was planning on doing something with the van, parking right, the van, right. doing right. something with that. Yeah. You know, really scary stuff. Betsy, thank you very much. Great question. Uh, let's go to Mario on line two. Mario, your thoughts about this horrible shooting today? Thirty-three rounds fired off by the guy who is probably the most wanted man in America tonight. Go ahead, Mario. Yes, ma'am. You've pretty much said it all, the previous callers and yourself. But I'd like to add to this. A new broom sweeps clean, and we have a primary election coming up in June. And any politician that's an incumbent that's been in for four to six years, whether in the state senate or in the assembly or a borough president or a city councilman or a anybody that's elected, has to be voted out. Vote them out 
and put their opponent in that position. The, right now, the police are afraid, like you said, because the politicians don't care. They know they're going to get reelected because the people are like sheep. They go in, they know they're a Democratic city, they know they're Democrats, and they vote for them. Well, get rid of them. Vote them out, all of them. And if they don't work out in two to four years, then vote them out. Donald Trump did that when he was president with his cabinet. If somebody didn't work in the first seven days or the first two weeks, he got rid of them and got somebody else until he got the right person. And that's how you run things, not the way it's happening in this city. No, I agree. Thank you for listening, ma'am. Mario, thank thank you. you. Great call. Thank you. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. The elections right now, people need to see who is the law and order candidate in your area. When these primaries come up and when the general elections come up, make sure you look first and foremost, because I don't care. You know, you look at inflation. It's horrible, obviously, guys. But if you don't feel safe in your home, that is, to me, the most important issue, period, because if you feel like you can't even walk the streets And you can't go to the store. You can't take mass transit like a subway in New York. I mean, boy, have we hit rock bottom in terms of how bad crime is. And crime, I've been on the subways in New York. It's it's scary anytime. But how terrified the people on the train today, on the N train heading into New York from Brooklyn. Imagine how they must have felt when suddenly, as we were just hearing so eloquently from Betsy and, and others, how scary It was when the doors closed and suddenly a guy dons a gas mask on and opens up a canister um, and and opens fire. Uh, And sadly, there have been so many subway crimes and so many other violent crimes in New York and so many cities across this country. And you need to look at it and say, does this candidate really care about me and my family? Does this candidate really get that police have to be respected and appreciated and supported? In every shape or form, and not just saying it a week or two before the elections happen, not just saying it because it's politically expedient. Do they really care about our men and women in blue who ultimately have our back? Do they really, really care or is it just lip service? And if it's lip service, like we just heard, vote them out. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight we are covering the case of the gunman who is still at large responsible for opening fire on a crowded New York City Subway car. We're taking your calls, everybody, because law and order must be key with people who are leading the biggest cities, including the biggest New York City in America. It is time where people need to say enough and our politicians need to make sure repeat offenders know that New York City is not the place to come, nor any big city in America. These soft on crime DAs, I've had it up to here. It is so outrageous. And there are criminals who literally say, hey, I want to come to New York City or I want to come to so-and-so because they have a DA who lets me get out. We don't know on this guy's case yet. Uh, We do know that there is a suspect or at least a person of interest at this point who they have been able to connect a U-Haul that was abandoned about five miles 
from the crime scene. Uh, it was found abandoned in a street in Brooklyn, and they were able through credit cards and other information to determine the person who rented the van. Uh, there's also reports, by the way, uh, from the Daily Mail uh, saying that the suspect, that this individual was previously known to the FBI, having entered into the Guardian lead system in New Mexico. That's according to a report uh, from the Daily Mail. So that this person may indeed been on some sort of list tied to the suspects, tied to suspicious threats. Again, right now, this individual looks like he just rented the van, but could potentially be tied to a lot more tied to this case. We'll keep you posted on so many details. And coming up, by the way, in just a few minutes from now, about 10 minutes from now, we are going to have great former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani here on the show, giving us his take on what needs to happen now to New York City and other big cities around this country where crime is skyrocketing. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia on line eight. And um, Robert, I don't know if you heard, but we're just getting details because obviously stuff is breaking, uh, that this guy had ties to Philly and indeed rented the U-Haul in Philly. Um, also has ties to Wisconsin. Uh, but so there's lots of tentacles to your city and other cities around the country. Go ahead, Robert. I am not surprised. And it's this is crazy. It's no time for politics. I'm not even going to criticize Mayor Adams. I'm just going to say to you, look, you got resources. Have a discreet lunch with maybe Ed Koch, if you can, Bloomsburg, and yes, Curtis. Ed Koch isn't around anymore. Ed Koch isn't around anymore. I loved Ed Koch, by the way, but he's not around anymore. But Rudy sure is around. Um, Because Ed Rendell's still around, and maybe I was just hoping Ed Ed Koch was too. But like Bloomsburg, and yet I understand it's politically too toxic to talk to Giuliani, even though you may even want to. Talk to Curtis. He's the opposition leader, so to speak. It would be good politics. You'll get some answers. Leave your advisors and your hatred of gun rights at home and talk to some people serious. It's not political. Bloomberg, okay? I mean, come on, man. These are all grown, educated people. You can figure this out, for God's sakes. Look at what's happening to the city. You know what has to happen, though, Robert? That he also, and I agree with you, by the way, I agree he should talk to Curtis. I agree he should talk to uh, former Mayor Giuliani. All these people, I agree. Um, The problem is they also have to make sure that the message gets out that New York and other states, um, because this is happening in in L.A., you know, in California, you're looking at it in many states across the country. In Pennsylvania, where you are, too, you got a soft on crime DA there in Philly, too. Um, There has to be a message that New York City, if you commit a crime in a major city in this country, it's not a revolving door, you know, and the mayor in many cities has said, yes, this is how I feel. I want to change it. But then nothing gets changed. You know, they they kind of put it off on, okay, well, the DA still has to do his job and has autonomy and can have some discretion. No, you need to say you need to go to that DA's office and say, no more. No more. This cannot happen. You. Yet you can't sit and like pawn it off like, I can only do so much that I'm the mayor. 
that hogwash ain't going to work anymore. Uh, Robert, thank you very, very much. Everybody, after the break, we're going to continue your calls on this big breaking story of the night. A gunman opens fire on a crowded New York City subway train. Ten people injured, 33 shots fired. Thank goodness. No life-threatening injuries, but what a scary thing. We're going to have more details coming up after the break. And we will have former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani joining us to give us his take on what he thinks has to happen to New York and so many big cities across this country. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, a person of interest has been named in the subway shooting this morning on a crowded subway train in New York City. Authorities are looking for 62-year-old Frank R. James and have an APB out across America looking for him. As they say, he was the individual whose credit card was used to rent a U-Haul van that they believe was attached to the shooting today. Uh, A gunman opening fire, 33 rounds. Think about that, how frightening it was on a crowded subway train. 33 rounds hitting 10 individuals and injuring many others in the melee. Here is NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell describing some of the weapons that were discovered at the scene. As detectives processed the crime scene, they recovered a 9mm semi-automatic handgun, extended magazines, and a hatchet. Also found is a liquid we believe to be gasoline and a bag containing consumer-grade fireworks and a hobby fuse. And in just a few minutes, we are going to have the great former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani to give us his take about skyrocketing crime in New York and his reaction to this terrible shooting today. Meantime, NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell described the vehicle that they say was attached to the crime. It was found about five miles away from the subway station in Brooklyn, New York. Detectives located a U-Haul van in Brooklyn that we believe is connected to the suspect. At this time, we still do not know the suspect's motivation. But we do know that politicians immediately in New York hopped on gun laws. I want to hear them saying we're going after the perpetrator. But this is what Mayor Eric Adams had to say right after the shooting. Ending gun violence means changing gun laws. We cannot clean up a flood when the water is still pouring into the basin. And joining us now here on the Rita Cosby Show to talk about all of this is former New York City mayor and the great crime fighter Rudy Giuliani. Um, Rudy, I have to get your reaction to this horrible, horrible shooting today on the crowded uh, subway train. They are still looking for this person of interest and trying to piece it all together exactly what happened and the motive. Go ahead. Well, first of all, without the motive, you know, it's 
really hard to draw a conclusion about it. But this is this is a horrendous uh, uh, kind of thing. Here's what I would say. At this point, I would not connect it to the epidemic of crime in New York. What you saw happen today could happen anyplace in America. I mean, we've seen schools attacked and we've seen other insane acts like this. I think the mayor, uh, the, the, the mayor was uh, really hurt himself today in tr- trying to immediately turn it into a political thing about guns. It, it, it is simplistic to make this about guns. This is about insanity. This is about uh, some kind of insane behavior. I don't know what's wrong with the guy who did this, but there's going to be something wrong with him. Maybe it's political. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's deteriorating personality. Or, but th- this is the kind of um, this is the this is the kind of crime. This is close to terrorism. That's I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it is terrorism, but this is the kind of thing that you would see with terrorists. Now there is an ongoing massive crime problem in New York that's independent of that, which the mayor is not doing a very good job with. He's doing a very good talking job about it, but he's doing a very poor job of getting it under control because it has gone up <clears throat> more in his administration than in the Bosios. And he's already getting us ready for a long, hot summer. Well, we don't want him to be getting us ready for a long, hot summer. We want, to, we want him to stop it. Thousand percent. Um, Rudy, do me a favor. Stay with us for one second. I want to play this comment because you're hitting on a very powerful point, Rudy Giuliani. Um, This is Mayor Eric Adams earlier today um, talking a good game, just as you said. Take a listen. We know uh, that there's a real challenge of many of the people who are on our streets that are participating in dangerous acts. Uh, They have had a bottlenecked in our court system. They are not uh, serving their time in prison like they should be. Uh, we, we witnessed what I call a revolving door uh, criminal justice system where too many people who have known to participate in criminal actions are still on our streets. Talking a good game, and obviously that's the right message, but he needs to be effective and do something here, Rudy. He's been in office over 100 days, and the revolving door he's talking about has been revolving every single day he's been in office. And that that has a lot more to do with the daily increasing crime and violence in New York City than what happened today in what you would call an extraordinary incident. But to attribute this incident to guns is absurd. You're never going to solve something like this if you try to do it through guns. Rita, there are probably 300 million guns in America, Uh, almost a gun for every person. And that's an estimate, but it's a pretty reliable one. Probably two-thirds of them are illegal. You're not going to control. You're not going to control it. At least you're not going to control it in the hands of insane people and in the hands of criminals. They don't respond to control. Gun control affects people who are essentially lawful. People like you and me. If we have a gun, we're going to go register it. We're going to go get checked out. A guy like this, you could have all the gun control laws in the world. There are just too many guns in America for him not to be able to get a gun. Now, with the ghost guns, you can even make the darn things. So how the heck is gun control going to solve it? I did not bring murder down 65 percent and gun shootings down 70 percent because of gun control in New York. We had the same gun control the day I came into office as we had the day I left. I did it by seizing guns from bad guys. 
Now, he put that unit back together again, but then he caved into the crazy lefties and put uniforms on them. Right. It defeats the whole purpose, Rudy, if if they're visible and you can tell who they are. Right. This is a big talker rather than a doer. And at this point, after 100 days, with the the crime up 30, 40 percent, if you can't prevent crime from going up 30 to 40 percent by now— I don't know. I don't know what he's waiting for. Yeah, exactly. Now you, you're talking about bail reform. Hochul is in a terribly delicate position. She just had her lieutenant governor arrested for corruption. Yep, yep. I mean, she's, she's starting the corruption before she even gets elected. She's doing a deal in Buffalo where her husband is going to get the money from it. I mean, this is typical Democrat garbage. And also, Rudy, also, she said, I'm going to give him some slack. I'm referring to D.A. Alvin Bragg, you know, in terms of bail reform. Um, Same sort of almost message from Eric Adams saying, you know, basically it's the D.A.'s. You know what? At some point, you have to take ownership of your state and of your city and and say enough. Um, I I want to also ask, too, Rudy, also I want to ask, have you met with Eric Adams? Because we were talking about this earlier. Why isn't he reaching out to you, you, you know? I'm the only mayor in the history of the city that ever brought crime down anywhere near the numbers that, that – look, I brought crime down more than any, any mayor in the history of the city, 65 percent, and more than any mayor in the history of America. Now, you may hate me. You may dislike me, but you've got to say I know something about reducing crime. I also did it in you know, four or five other countries. So why he wouldn't ask for some advice – is a is a is a is really a great great comment on how this is a totally politicized guy. Look, I went to John Lindsay for advice. He was a Democrat who supported David Dinkins. Uh, this guy does not put the city first. He puts Eric Adams first. So what what advice would you give him, Rudy, if if Eric Adams did go to you and, and other big city mayors, because this is happening, sadly, the skyrocketing crime numbers across the country. But in New York City alone, we're looking at 36.5 percent and some numbers, 40 uh, percent overall yeah, crime. I would, I would I would sit down with uh, her, Hochul and the speaker and the majority leader, all three are Democrats, part of let's say they were Republican, even if they're the Democrats, I'd sit down with them. Particularly him because he's he's still popular, and I would say if you don't pass a change to this bail law, and here's the law you're going to pass, I'm giving it to you. You don't do it, I'm out there campaigning against you right now. I'll go into your district and I'll tell them why you are responsible for the people dying here. So you want to have a fight, or you want to do something good for the people? I agree. He has to use. He's got to be a leader, not a bull artist. I and agree. And a leader does what I just told you. If he cares about particularly the 70 percent black people who are getting killed in his city while he's going to parties, you sit down with her. She's up for election. She can't win without his support. If he decides not to support her, she's finished. And the other two, I don't know what their districts are like, but the mayor goes in that district and says, you see this person you're electing? This person is responsible for those kids getting shot. Because they let criminals back out on the street. And I I have no idea why this jerk is doing it, but he's doing it. And if you like it, vote for him. But if you don't like it, get him out of office. See if they can handle that kind of political pressure. If you can't do that, you can't be the mayor of a city you want to turn around. 
Because if you keep doing the same stupid things all the time, every time there's a murder, you do a Schumer, guns, 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 guns. They don't even do anything about guns, much less, uh, you know, have effective solutions to it. He had an effective solution, and he watered it down by putting them in uniform. Yeah, I agree. And and it's just a lot of talk that we have seen of late. I want to ask you, too, about one of the other developments in this case today here, Rudy Giuliani, as you're joining us here on the Rita Cosby Show. Um, Rudy, today we're hearing details that this guy, uh, first off, had um, a whole bunch of magazines that were not used. Um, There were some that were used. We know that 33 rounds were fired, shell casings everywhere. There was also a hatchet found and gasoline also found, which was interesting, um, scary. Um, and then also we're also finding at the same time that some of the cameras, that the cameras in the area, they're in the subway. There are about 10 cameras right in that region. They did not work. I mean, hopefully there's something on the street and some other things to support it. But my goodness, Rudy Giuliani. Well, I mean, did they not work because we're so incompetent? We don't have, or did he do something? Did he plan this? I mean, did he did he do some planning? Who knows? Uh, was anybody else working with him? It doesn't sound that way, but we don't have answers to any of this now. Is it is there a, is there some kind of an ideological or political motive? Is there uh, uh, insanity like we've had in some of the school shootings? Uh, I mean, that'll all, that'll all get answered. And here's where the New York City Police Department is the best. I have no doubt they'll catch him faster than any police organization in the world. Their morale has been defeated for street crime because that's where they can get into a lot of trouble and get scapegoated. And they know this mayor will turn on them in a second. Any, any guy who backs down and doesn't go to the governor and get them protected, like how about the qualified immunity? That's another one he should say. I can't have my cops going out there. And every time they do something, they have to worry about being sued and their kids having no food or money. You got to change that too, or I am going to come and run against you. I'm going to campaign against you. The mayor of the city of New York is going to come into your district and say, "I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, a conservative, a liberal, or a communist. If you hurt my city, I don't want you in office." Now, you know that's a mayor. That's a mayor who's going to have a place in history. What he's doing is he's marking time and going to nice parties. Well, that is scary stuff. Um, and right now, he needs to absolutely lead this. And, and like I, you I said, take no prisoners. To You're prove right. Prove me wrong. I would love if he proved me wrong. I'd, I'd be the happiest guy in the world if he proved me to be wrong in saying that. Because when I heard his rhetoric, I was kind of in, I, when I've been on your show and telling you, I was kind of impressed with what he said he was going to do. But now we're 101 days into it, and it's gotten worse rather than better. And he's made moves where he's backed down from tough positions that he's taken. That's not a tough man or a leader when you back down from tough positions. And you're not going to reduce crime by playing the same old stupid politics we've been playing, you know, for the last four or five years. Yeah, 1,000 percent, Rudy. And you're right. He has to, I use the phrase, take no prisoners. He has to have a take no prisoners approach to fighting crime in New York like you did successfully years ago. And use that because it is a crisis here and across the country. Rudy, thank you so much. Uh, The great New York City mayor. You too, my friend. You too. And great crime fighter Rudy Giuliani.
Always great to have you here on the show. We're going to take your calls, everybody. When we come back, you just heard from Rudy. I agree. It has to be stop the politicizing, stop the rhetoric. It's like, oh, gun control. There is a message that in major cities across this country, criminals feel like they have free reign. That needs to stop. And look what we saw today. 1-800-848-9222. I'll take your calls when we come back on The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight, a manhunt is on for the man who opened fire on a New York City subway train. And just a little bit ago, we heard from New York Governor Kathy Hochul, who said that her focus will be crime in New York State. Take a listen. And we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime, whether they're mass shootings or the loss of a teenage girl or a 13-year-old. It has to stop. I'm committing the full resources of our state to fight this surge of crime, this insanity that is seizing our city because we want to get back to normal. So is it all politics for Democrats or will they finally crack down on criminals? Police are arresting them, but guess what? They're ending up back out on the streets because a lot of soft on crime DAs, soft on crime legislatures, and it is a common thread across this country. So will this be a wake-up call to many Democratic politicians at the overall prospect, as you just heard from Rudy Giuliani, sort of a take-no-prisoners approach to those people, either law and order or we're going to have people run against you? is basically the message that he thinks politicians, including Eric Adams in New York, need to start taking for the good of safety of citizens across this country. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave on line eight. Dave, your thoughts about the politics of this and what we got to do to crack down on crime. These politicians are like used car salesmen, all show and no go. And by the way, I was on the subway on Saturday night or Sunday morning when I went out. And the interesting thing is, for the first time in three weeks that I've been traveling the subway at night on the weekends, I actually saw three cops on the platform downstairs to go uh, the local train downtown 4, 5, and 6 to go to Union Square. But you could still smell pot on a platform, and then... When you're on the train, the train is moving. Me and another passenger could smell diesel fumes inside the train. I actually called the MTA the following day uh, when I had the time to complain about this. And they were like, oh, they're doing work on track. I said, yeah, but that's carbon monoxide getting into the train cars. It, it could be deadly. So it doesn't belong inside the trains. And what? people don't belong smoking pot on the trains. What's your point that things have just degraded so much? They don't care. You believe- the cops are there. Right at night, for the first time, there were three cops there. I can't, actually, I could say on the platform, not in the subway car with the pot, but you could smell it throughout the throughout the station. Well, Dave, uh, Dave, there. I'll do one better. I remember on a subway train, I remember seeing people literally doing pot in front of me on a subway train a couple years ago. I just was like, and somebody was going to the bathroom. I mean, it's just, it is, the quality of life is disgusting. And that's why we need more officials there Helping, We need law enforcement there. But so many liberal politicians have cut police 
And now they're wondering why there aren't enough police in certain areas. Imagine if there had been a police officer who had been assigned to that car today where this shooting took place. I bet you the guy would not have done what he did. But by uh, the I mean, way, it's outrageous. It was locked. The doors were locked on. on uh, Thousand? On no, absolutely. I'm saying assigned who was on the car, who was physically, you know, if they had enough officers that were on the cars, and believe me, the police officers can get into the cars. I, I hear what you're saying. For the average citizen, they can't. But they are able to open it or they can work with the conductor to get those cars opened. Uh, but regardless, if you had a law enforcement officer there and you had a sense of somebody feeling worried to do something because law enforcement would do something, or they'd get busted, they'd be scared to death what would happen to them if they did what they did. Uh, I mean, right now there are so many issues, and it's like a free-for-all, and this has to stop. Uh, Dave, thank you very, very much for the call. Um, let's, go to, let's go to David on Line 3 in Los Angeles. Go ahead, David. Yes, I agree with Rudy Giuliani that this isn't your typical type of crime that is a problem. Uh, you can't conflate the issue because I don't believe any politician would be able to stop what happened today. But the mistake, what I don't like Eric Adams saying about the gun control and, oh, we need gun control. All he's doing is trying to take off responsibility from him for the overall crime situation. Well, gee, what am I supposed to do? A constant influx of guns instead of blaming the individual that he should have been doing. That's and, a, and David, by the way, that's exactly it, because you're right. Um, It sort of went back to the same old song, the whole political song. The key is law and order. And the key is how can criminals know that they can't get away with these kind of things? And if we had more cops there, it may have been prevented, too. We're going to talk about this and a lot more after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment with its trademarked outdoor ceremony and an organized caravan of honking vehicles, the Honor Flight organization made sure that a veteran turned 102 in style, recognized for his service during World War II and for his status as a centenarian, Jack Sessler was presented with the volunteer-led charity's customized birthday sign, also a patriotic quilt, and also an American flag that had been flown over the United States Capitol. Also, the surprise salute for Sessler featured a four-gun salute. Sessler enlisted in the Marine Corps in July 1943. He was a rifle sharpshooter and a hydraulic mechanic, and he went on to serve in the Okinawa campaign in the spring of 1945. And how beautiful to see that a member of the greatest generation is being appreciated. I love Honor Flight. They do such great work honoring our great men and women. And by the way, a few hours ago, as we have been talking, of course, about this terrible shooting that took place in New York on a crowded New York subway, President Biden was also briefed on it. And he had a number of comments about the shooting. Take a listen. We're grateful for all the first responders who jumped into action, including civilians, civilians who didn't hesitate to help their fellow passengers and try to shield them. My team has been in touch with Mayor Adams and New York's police commissioner, and the Department of Justice and the FBI are working closely with the NYPD on the ground. We're going to continue to stay in close contact 
with New York authorities and as we learn more about the situation over the coming hours and days. And there are some great stories, by the way, of heroism of people helping other people on the train, those that were on the platform, strangers helping strangers get to safety. And we're going to talk about those as well. But President Biden could not help also to talk about the Putin price hike because some very bad inflation numbers today. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. The two largest grain producers in the world, China and, uh, excuse me, Ukraine and Russia, are not doing what they usually do, so everything's going up. We saw today's inflation data. 70% of the increase in prices in March came from Putin's price hike in gasoline. Big news today that the consumer price inflation hit a 40-year high in March. We just got the numbers a little bit ago, and they are bad. The consumer price index rose 8.5% for the year. And given these extremely concerning numbers... You want to have security in your future and also for your family. And one of the best ways to do that is to buy gold and other precious metals. And joining us now to discuss all of this is the CEO and founder of Legacy Precious Metals, Charles Thorngren. Charles, it's so great to have you here on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Thank you. You know, these numbers are really concerning, and people are just getting whipsaw watching also the stock market. Give us a sense of the economic climate, because you've had an amazing um, economic background. Uh, You're now obviously in precious metals, but you've spent time in stocks and bonds. You understand the market. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's unique time, um, really, when you look at everything, and, and, and people feel it, right, even if they can't explain it. There's an uneasiness that people have just when I talk to people on the everyday conversations that we have, they feel like something's going on. And and there is Um, there's probably more instability right now and uncertainty now than ever. And and that's more than just the um, economic numbers, but the geopolitical situation, just the overall feeling um, in America nowadays is one of uh, timidness. Absolutely. And, you know, you hit some great points because not only is it sort of pocketbook items, you know, we're seeing it in gas and food, um, housing. um, But we also heard just recently from the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, and she was saying there will be enormous economic repercussions from, of course, the the Russia-Ukraine war and that it could last a lot longer than anticipated. So the outlook is also concerning. It's not just the immediate. This is true. And, 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 you know, when you look at that, and it's it, it's her job to try to um, inform people of what to expect. But more importantly, in today's world, her job is to make people understand and feel better about the economic situation. And with that, you get a little um, a little bit of acting going on because we, we can't blame this entire situation on the ongoing war. Right. We've been dealing with this problem long before Russia invaded and we'll deal with it long after they're done. Whatever the resolution that comes there, we're going to feel this for quite some time. And this is more about economics than it is about war. We've had a free money system in the banking system for, well, since 2008, since the last time we had a major correction. Um, 
And these are the things that we have to be careful of because we have a federal reserve system that is not prepared for the next recession that's coming. And we do know it's coming. We know based on one of the best indicators is the, the, the yield curve. It recently inverted where the two-year bonds were better rated than the 10-year bonds. Every time you see that scenario, 100% of the time, you have a recession coming in the next year. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, Larry Summers was talking about that not too long ago, that it's sort of, you know, it's it's almost a precise precision that it's coming. It's without without question. It's it's We've never had an inversion without a recession. And that's because the markets know that instability is coming. So they don't want to lock up funds in a 10-year fund where they know that we're going to see much higher interest rates. We're going to see much higher inflation. So you see people move into the shorter term. That way they don't lock up their money and lock up their yield. So that's the greatest indicator of the coming recession. Um, So, you know, that's from the economic standpoint. But when the average person knows, too, when you go to the grocery store, when you try to fill your car up with gas, everything is more expensive. I I was reading a report where even electricity is 12% more expensive than it was last year across the board. Yeah, that is stunning. And that's why I think, and everybody, by the way, we are talking to CEO and founder of Legacy Precious Metals. Um, You guys have heard me talk on the air here uh, about why I think you should diversify, why gold is a great idea. And I want to hear it from uh, the founder and president himself, Charles Thorngren. Why is it important to have the safe haven? Why is gold and other precious metals, why are they good things to hedge on, especially in this climate more than ever? Right, right. In the best of times, you should still have a percentage of your portfolio in metals. They are the safe haven investment. And ultimately, we invest for our future. So you want something that acts as a insurance on your portfolio. Um, the equities markets, um, they can be unpredictable, right, in the best of times. But when you look at what's going on currently, we know that there has to be a major correction, all right? When you look at all the numbers, anyone who's being honest about it will tell you, expect to see another 30 to 40% decline. If we slip into a recession, we could see the kind of um, downturn that we saw in 2008, where we went from, you know, 14,000 on the Dow down to 7,000. You know, uh, looking at those numbers, you say, wow, what's going to happen to my portfolio if we slip from from where we're at now into even just a 20 percent correction? This is what metals do. They offer that balance against that. As as the equities come down, your gold becomes more valuable. It's a seesaw effect. And this is why it's called the safe haven. You're going to have more and more money flow into gold. Demand will go up. But more importantly than that for for the average person, it's going to offset the losses in your equities. So let's take your retirement account, for example. You're saving for retirement. It's going to give you the buffer so that you don't lose value. The last time we had a major recession, it took over six years for the index to get back to where it was. And it took the average investor 10 years to get back to the same valuation in their portfolio. You can't afford to lose 10 years when you're saving for retirement. So you take that step, you get the precious metals, and you balance that out. You don't feel that loss, and you have continued growth in your account. That's the secret.
Absolutely. It's it's a safety uh, blanket, a security blanket. And I, I've talked a lot about the value of gold and precious metals on the show, and it is so smart to do it right now with inflation. Everybody, we are talking with the CEO and founder of Legacy Precious Metals, Charles Thorngren. And Charles, um, not just gold, too, because gold is obviously a great thing to get. You also um, work with copper, silver. Copper is interesting because of manufacturing and with housing growing. Um, silver is really a great deal for your buck, isn't it? Give us a sense of the other ones, too. Yeah, you know, silver is um, an amazing value right now. I think when you look at its current prices and just the manufacturing aspect of silver itself, too. As we have um, this big push towards everything um, non-fuel, everything being electric, electrified, and just that whole hybrid and electric vehicle push, a massive amount of silver gets used. So the industrial demand is going to add a factor to silver, plus the economic demand is going to add another factor. So you've got a couple things working in your favor when we look at silver. So, you know, based on its current value, I, I think there's um, a tremendous upside for silver. The, the great thing about silver, it's a lot easier to store than copper. You know, copper, you kind of have to buy by the tons. So you're going to have to have a lot of space if you want to make an investment in copper. Not that it's not good. It's just not cost effective when you look at storage. And by the way, before I let you go, Charles, um, a little history of your family, because this is really a family-run business. You've been at this business for a long time. You know, sometimes when people think of gold or silver and how do I do it, uh, you know, especially if they're new investors, um, you've been at this game. You understand all layers to it. I think you bring up such a great wealth of information and background and have seen sort of all layers of the economy, too, and the economic machine. But this is also a love for you, a family-run business that you believe in, and you want to just yes. pass that on to others, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's nothing better than a strong America. Um, and, and the more the individual is prepared, the better the country's prepared. It's just a philosophy we have. If, if you want to make America great, be a good family, be a good neighbor. Um, Take care of yourself, protect yourself. And by protecting yourself, you make your family stronger. So, you know, the metals aspect works for us in that field where, you know, we believe that there are come time where you're going to have to help your neighbor, but you've got to be safe yourself to do it. So, you know, it, it's a love of the family. Um, and I think that uh, that's something that's, that's real important to have love for your family, but then also have love for your country. You know, do what you can so that uh, you can help others in time of need. Absolutely. And having gold and silver and copper, all the precious metals, really is such a smart thing to do uh, for yourself, for your family, and as you beautifully say, also for your country. Um, so great to have you here, the CEO and founder of Legacy Precious Metals, Charles Thorngren. And also, I want to tell everybody, too, to get information. I mean, you also have a free investor's guide. How great is that, that people can get who are listening? LegacyPMInvestments.com. It's LegacyPMInvestments.com. And also, the phone number is 866-910-3075. That's 866-910-3075. Do something great for yourself and for your family. 
and also give a sense of security in this very crazy economic time. Turn to what works and turn to gold and silver and other great precious metals. Charles, thank you. Really interesting. Great to have you here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Really fascinating and such an important story, everybody, right now with these new inflation numbers. Of course, everyone, the other big story is this shooting that took place on the New York City subway. And just a little bit ago, New York Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell talked about the number of people that were seriously hurt when the shooter opened fire, firing 33 shots on a crowded New York subway. Take a listen. Ten people were injured by gunfire, and an additional 13 were either uh, injured as they rushed to get out of the train station or they suffered smoke inhalation. And let's go to your calls, everybody, on the big story, the big breaking news of the day. Again, right now, an all-out manhunt for the guy who rented the U-Haul, trying to figure out, was he the shooter? Was he somehow connected to him? He was indeed the person that they believe rented the empty U-Haul van that was found abandoned about five miles from the New York City subway. An APB out for him, Frank R. James, 62 years old, as a person of interest that authorities want to talk to immediately. Let's go to Karen on Line 7. Karen, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about this terrible shooting today. Hey, Karen, are you there? Let's go to Mike on line six. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. Hi. Go ahead. Hi, Rita. Hi. How are you? Um, uh, again, this is a terrific show. You're uh, you're wonderful. Um, so this is you know a horrific, awful event that occurred, like so many around the country. And boy, do I wish um, you know, Rudy Giuliani were in office now. However, why when you know, every every it seems like every single weekend, all these innocent kids are killed in Chicago by uh, gang fire and so on and so forth. Um, why is there no media coverage of that? That's a great point. By the way, we have covered that. I actually have covered it on the show, and I know a lot of other folks have covered it. But you're right; it's sort of selective coverage by another, uh, you know, by other mainstream media. A lot of people. Don't want to cover it because it doesn't fit their narrative. And isn't that sad, Mike? Um, Because, you know, uh, the sad reality is most of the victims of crime are minorities and they should be covered in a great, great degree. That's why it's so important for for cities right now across the country. You know, for some reason, we don't see them covered. We don't see a lot of the media. For some reason, it doesn't fit their narrative. Uh, when it doesn't, you know, work, when they say, okay, wait, it's this person, it's this person, we'll tell it this way. If this works with a gun, we'll tell this story. If it's in a certain community, all crime is horrible. It needs to be covered, and everybody needs to be protected. And you're right. Uh, the story of crime in inner cities is horrible, and people in inner cities deserve to be safe. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. one 800 It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight we are getting more details about this person of interest who wants, uh, right now, authorities want to talk to him to get details 
Was he tied to the shooting in some form? They know that he rented the U-Haul van that was found not too far away from the subway station where they believe the individual fled from. And right now they are looking for 62-year-old Frank R. James. There are reports that the FBI may have been looking for him previously because of suspicious activity. And we're trying to get more details on that. We do know during the NYPD briefing that the commissioner talked about this individual on his social media having threats about the subway, talks about homeless, talks about Also issues surrounding Mayor Eric Adams to the point where tonight there's extra security around Mayor Eric Adams. So we will keep you posted on that. She said just sort of general comments that led to heightened concern and additional security. Meantime, the mayor himself is also saying, yes, we want to find this guy. We want to prosecute whoever is responsible for this shooting. But we got to make sure that we get tough in every single area. Criminals cannot think that they have a free-for-all in major cities in this country. And it is outrageous that we have seen a revolving door. And we don't know, again, if this guy is homeless or what his tie is and all these other things. But we have seen a lot of cases with homeless individuals and with repeat offenders in particular who over and over again commit crimes in our major cities, and politicians have to stop paying lift service and finally crack down on crime and stop passing the buck. And that includes here in New York City. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Paul on line two. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Paul. Evening, Rita. Every time there's a shooting tragedy, the politicians come out singing the gun control song. It's utter nonsense. Mayor Giuliani was spot on with his analysis. And to make the point with a comparison, I live in a rural area. You often hear gunfire, but it's totally safe. People here have guns legally, and they know how to use them responsibly. No one here is killing anyone. So I'm sure this is no surprise to you. It's not the guns. It's the people. This gun control approach is like trying to stop drunk driving by banning cars. It's absurd. Yeah, it's like it's like a whole bunch of political gobbledygook and i hated the fact that today right away they were like oh we got to look at gun control we got to look at this um yeah listen we don't want illegal guns in the wrong hands um but it's like this whole political mantra and we are sick of it and that's why right now paul people need to say law and order is the key candidates who actually don't just pay lip service but actually deliver it is time to get tough. I 1,000% agree with you, Paul. Thank you. Let's go to Evan on line seven. Evan, your thoughts about all of this. Go ahead, Evan. Uh, hi. Just to echo what, uh, what was previously said, this guy, this good-for-nothing uh, Adams guy, it's not a matter of gun control. It's a matter of criminal control, and that's all there is to it. Another thing is this. With all the criminality and the poverty that these Democrats breed over here in these cities, this is maintaining Democrat power. For some reason, people, poor people vote for Democrats. And, as less, and until poverty is addressed in a real way, the Democrats will maintain power in these cities. But you know what? Everybody deserves to be safe. And that's why it's so important that particularly people, you know, in inner cities and, and in difficult locations, they are often victims of crime. 
and they need to vote for people. They need to get to the voting booth, and politicians need to stop paying lip service, but actions that support all of our great citizens. Everybody deserves to be safe. Evan, great point. Um, Let's real quick go to Jimmy. Jimmy on line three. Jimmy, your thoughts about this as you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Every trade, every profession, they consult with others for advice or help. Giuliani has the proven skill set. Anybody in charge in New York now, whether the mayor or governor, you have a guy like Giuliani who would volunteer the time, maybe even quietly. You go to the people that could help. I agree. But do you know what, Jimmy? They need to want to be helped. That's the issue. They have to stop playing politics and start cracking down on crime so every citizen feels safe. That is the key. Everybody stay tuned. More updates, and we will keep you posted on this terrible shooting on a New York City subway. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 